0: Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be,
1: let me tell you, okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such.
0: Taxation is there.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: God damn it, motherfucker. Yeah. We're talking peace, love, and honor.
1: These governments of this world are
0: you. The FBI is feeling the heat. Your own conscience, your own morality, your own decision, your own self. You alone can do it. There is no authority but yourself.
1: The BR Hates Fed Show. Welcome to the rice fields, motherfuckers. there we go
0: all right holy spirit activate i gotta gotta get over this fucking fever hello and welcome to the br hates fed show i'm br and i hate feds and today i'm joined by my co-host coronavirus currently fucking dying of that but we're gonna gonna do our best regardless and our guest today pat watson of uncensored tactical
1: hello thanks so much for having me man i'm very excited (laughs)
0: fuck yeah man i feel like it's been a minute since we lost chad we had the we had the whole fucking militia meet up that went to shit thanks to hurricane ida or whatever
1: yeah i was very upset about that one and then uh the farm family that i'm helping out here in texas um they planned a vacation so part of the deal was i would help them with the farm um for some living arrangements and i was like great whenever you guys take a vacation i'll watch the farm oh yeah like they were like oh my god it's perfect like it's hard to get away because you can't you know, you know how your animals and your you know your everything needs to be tended and they were like all right we got the dates for our first big vacation in a long time and it's right during the email meetup and i was like f <laughs> <laughs> so was gonna, that you know, whole thing was make that.
0: fucked from like six different angles yeah uh, i'll yeah, plan the next uh, one if you we'll, want we'll we'll have another one the Fuck yeah! I I mean I'll I'm happy to drag everyone down to Texas. I love all of you weirdos, but it was <laughs> but, like herding um, cats. Oh, always. That that is like the brand of the E militia is herding cats. <laughs> 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 like, oh, you want to listen to to someone herd cats on air? Yep, that's us. <clears throat> but anyway, you have been a busy fucking lad. You uh last last time I was um. Yeah, you know, We were talking about prepping and stuff and kind of everything going to shit with the, uh, the onset of the pandemic. We were talking about how to prep in you know, a, a studio apartment or whatever. And now it's been, as, you, as you're saying about the farm, a hell of a lifestyle change.
1: Yeah, for the positive, definitely. Um, I got the dog behind me. She's excited for work right now fuck what a crazy year uh i guess for those that don't know could you mind if i give my plug real quick
0: oh yeah yeah sorry i, I meant to lead into that and then i was like oh yeah the email should me a... go fuck we meant to hang I'll, out but yeah go I'll on. help her this cat um
1: <laughs> i'd like to give my email up front so that if people absolutely hate me during the episode uh they don't have to search for the email they just go to the beginning of the show again uh the email that's is fishy. pat at utac.io that's pretty tough a lot of letters there um I'm a former Fed. I did about 10 years in the military. A lot of that was on uh, federal law enforcement operations in the military. I know weird paperwork makes you military one day and law enforcement the next day. Uh, ominous deus, <laughs> abracadabra. Uh, and then I was a street cop for a couple of years, just doing normal patrol operations and handling all the regular old police stuff. And then uh, I quit both of those careers. Uh, largely because of a shift in my moral compass, or what I like to call a a correction in my moral compass. And now I teach people about all sorts of cool shit. Like uh, I I train dogs, and I train people for how to train their dogs. Uh, I teach a lot of security consulting stuff, especially for physical uh, penetration into locked obstacles, so how to get through locked shit. Nice. And I, I do some career counseling, so to speak. I used to mentor people with how to get into government jobs because the hiring process was such a fucking joke. Um, like you'd see really good candidates get turned away and really bad candidates get hired. So I tried to help people get hired better, but now I mentor people with how to leave government jobs and how to, how to start their own businesses.
0: Fuck. Yeah. I love it. That's uh, that's been a big thing for this community because so many get trapped in that world of, you know, police and military and, you know, they don't know how to apply those skills outside of that world. And it's nice to see you know, someone like yourself actually going out there and you know, making business moves with your knowledge and applying it, you know, not just uh, staying in that uh, military industrial complex kind of industry, but moving out and uh, sharing those skills with civilians. And you know, the fucking crazy times we're in the inch by inch collapse of society, uh, those skills are more
1: important than ever. Well, thanks man, I'm pumped. Did you have, did you have some questions? Was this a QA and a episode? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So I've got like a loose collection of Q&A stuff that we can uh, we can work from. And then also just kind of, you know, if we want to get into the book and the farm stuff and all of that. Uh, all that cool, yeah. Stuff. So um, if, for a start, someone asked, um, this is a nice uh, prepper question. Uh, is there like a baseline set of supplies and stuff someone should uh, focus on? first or is that going to be different for every single person is what they asked.
1: I'll, I'll try and answer the question that, that I think was asked, which was, uh, what should, does everyone have the same baseline? And and if so, what is that? Uh, so the answer of, of course, in life, like most things is yes and no. And it depends. So yes, there's a general baseline. (laughs) You, you could, you could start small and say, if the power goes out overnight, will we survive overnight? And that could be extra hot out, extra cold out. It could be extra rainy. You could lose power. You could, uh, you know, pick a, pick a mild problem to solve, right? Can you live in your home? You don't even worry about bugging out to the hills or the mountains yet, but can you live in your home for one or two days if the power's out or something similar? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a baseline. That's what everyone should have figured out. You should have a, a portable battery bank. You should have some water stored. You should have some food stored. You, sh- you should have some way to heat up or clean up both of those things. You should have some way, which a lot of people forget, to manage your waste. It doesn't have to be beautiful. doesn't have to be top of the line. Yeah. And you should also test this. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't take up your whole life. But one weekend out of those 52 weekends in the year, you should go, Oh, it's Friday night after work. Okay. I'll turn the power back on Saturday night, tomorrow night. Here we go. Click. And you could, there's no (laughs) rules. You can even have fun while you do it. You don't have to be miserable while you're practicing being miserable. Like you can have fun while practicing to be miserable. So yes, the baseline is start with small problems. Can you handle small problems? Yes. Okay. And then you extend that out. Now, the different part for everybody would be what. What are those small problems, and how do you handle that for you? So everyone will handle those slightly differently, but everyone has the same small problems to to solve. Starting off, um, and don't forget too, my my mentor, uh, one of my great mentors was uh, Jack Spearco from the Survival Podcast, and he talks about things too, where he says yeah. the biggest emergency of your life might be you losing your job, or you know you and your family, your partner, your spouse, or your children, you know, dying unexpectedly that could turn your entire life upside down tomorrow. Even if there is no big crash of society, right? And in 2020 and 2021 now, we've seen millions <laughs> of people get laid off at the flip of a switch. So we all know that that's real. Yep. <laughs> so recapping. To answer the question, yes, there is a baseline, but no, I can't give you that list because everyone can solve that baseline differently. But you should be able to solve that small problem of yep. the lights go out for one night and you should be able to solve the problem of how long can I go if I get fired tomorrow? How long can we live if my husband or wife or child dies? You know, those are problems that are fixable and they're they're easy chunks that you can solve. And some of that's practicable, right? You can say, what would I do if I didn't have this income? Or what would I do if I didn't have the light switch or the hot water? So I'll, I'll end it there. I talked in circles a little bit on this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: no. No, uh, I I think you nailed it. I mean, you know, so many people, they focus on all of the, the sexy LARPing, you know, getting out in the woods in camo and running around diving into hills and shit and, you know, doing little mock patrols. But it's like, all right, you know, that's all well and good. And you, you should have some semblance of, of all that kind of knowledge, you know, if, if you're going to be a armed citizen and all that. But much more importantly is LARPing for the, you know, short-term kind of disaster stuff, the, the much more likely events like, uh, you know, medical emergencies and natural disasters if you're somewhere, you know, it's hurricanes or floods, whatever it might be. And, and like you said, you know, like uh, out here in the Southwest, my fucking problem, if the power goes out, is going to be AC because we're going to be mm-hmm. fucking roasting and water is going to be a big issue. And But, you know, out in Florida or something, very different set of circumstances. So, yeah, dig the answer. <laughs> I, I got a... I, I've been submitted one by, a, I don't know, a, a Patrick Waters or something of censored tactical... I, I I don't know. Um, what? How much salary would it take to get Pat to? <laughs> how much salary would it take to get Pat to enlist in the military again?
1: Oh, oh, okay. I see what they did there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a uh, that's a no brainer. That's a that's a that's a false question, is what it is. There's really no right answer for that. I guess <laughs> the answer would be zero or null. Right? There is no input. No acceptable input.
0: There's uh, there is nothing. Nothing that could get you back?
1: Honest to God. Like, not hypothetically, but real life, if, I, if <laughs> I had a letter sitting on my desk right now that said, Pat, it's the military. We miss you, and we think you're great. We're going to let you do whatever you want and, and deploy wherever you want, and we'll give you a credit card, and we'll give you a million dollars a year. I, honest to God, would I, I wouldn't hesitate, and it would go right into the fucking shredder. <laughs>
0: uh, I think that's what the kid's cool based. Um, I, I guess, is that the... Uh... You know, you said you had this big realization, the kind of moral, uh,
1: what, what did you call it, adjustment? Uh, moral compass adjustment, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what so many people don't realize about um, these ideological shifts is, you know, and, and we'll have to get into the, the bureaucracy stuff shortly, but um, was that a uh, a larger part of the equation? Aside from the moral issues? What was bureaucracy a, a big part of leaving the military and law enforcement and such?
1: Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so. <laughs> only wrote a book. Huh? <laughs> so it was, it was one of the things that ate up the most of my time and my energy and basically my soul when I was uh, in the military and in law enforcement. And even in the private sector, when I switched to private security, it was no different. Um, yeah. It's, Sometimes it's all those little moments added up, like those little moments like, oh, I really wanted today off or, oh, you know, I was really having a bad day and I ended up getting to work late and they yelled at me for it. And then they didn't pay me more when I stayed late after shift. And then it's, you know, one person gets to show up early, you know, one person gets to show up early and leave early. Well, I'd like to show up late and leave late, but I can't. So it's all those little moments that you stack up over the years. They, they have a real weight to them. And then you add on all the big moments and it just crushes you. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how people do it, man. There's Actually, I do. You cope. Uh, you have vices. Uh, you ra- you falsely rationalize to yourself. Uh, you lie to yourself and pretend that you're happier than you are. Um, or you admit it and you're just miserable. I mean, there's so many. Think, think about this quote. So to answer your question, I don't want to get lost. So please keep me on track if you have to. But to answer your question of was bureaucracy, one of the reasons you left. Um, think about how happy the average person is while they're at work in any job you've ever had, right? It's people that they're in the office, they're doing the typing, they're showing up to work, they're leaving work, like all those things accounted for. What is their happiness level while they're clocked in? You're surrounded by people that are at their worst all day. They want to be home and asleep. They want to be home with their kids. They want to be home with their dogs. They might like their job, but still want to be home today. And they couldn't because they weren't allowed. Then they got to work and what they did all day was nothing. And and it was useless. I mean, that's, that's the world that most of America and probably a good chunk of the world lives in. You're just surrounded by, by fucking matrix batteries and they're all miserable and they all drag you down. None it's, and it's almost equivalent to, and you'll be shocked. Uh, that public school is not the greatest thing on earth, but it's almost equivalent to public school. They're preparing (laughs) children for something that's not real life. But when they get into the workforce, Oh, that's kind of like school. It's stupid. You have to listen to your teachers, even if they're wrong. Like you have to show up every day, even if you've learned all the lessons, like it's just fucking wild. So I'm, I am trying my very best to live what I've to live in a new direction of the things that I've discovered as I've gotten a little older. And as I've asked the hard questions, because some people get old without asking the hard questions. So what I've discovered is that I really want to be in touch with myself. I really want to be in touch with, you know, the animals and the earth and gardens and cool shit like that. I really want to eat good fucking food. Um, I really want to make real friends and I really want to give value to other people and try and build a community of people that choose to be around one another. So I'm trying to live that right now. And uh, that's something that is just fucking insane to anyone that believes in bureaucracy.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's like some kind of um belief system almost. You know, the, the the belief in bureaucracy, bureaucracy being the just how to how life is run efficiently, what keeps the trains on time, it's like, Jesus Christ. No, it's 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 people putting the effort in, you know, <laughs> like like oh, caring God. about their fucking job. Not as you put it, being mindless matrix batteries. It's that's fucking terrifying when you see people who have no drive in them to live that good life, to improve their situation, to live the most, you know, real life there is. They're just, they're just happy to, you know, punch that clock, watch that Netflix and, you know, not, not question any of it. It's like, fucking hell. Okay. that That is a terrifying life to me. So is that kind of the, the crux of this this new book of yours then? Fuck bureaucracy? Like kind of escaping yeah. that world? Or...
1: So I'll, I'll take a weird kind of left turn here, but I'm going to answer your question. Um, uh Traver Bohm is on Instagram, uh T-R-A-V-E-R, um, and then it's B-O-E-H-M. He he does a lot of what I would call consulting, uh, but what he calls coaching. Um, and what obviously 10, 20 years ago, when you were like, Oh, my friend got this life coach, you're like, ha, loser. Um, but he he <laughs> he's really the thing that uh Matt Freeman from Status Quo says, and the reason I like Traver Boehm is a lot of people, especially in the military, you're going out and you're doing just insane things. And you're like super alpha male and you're blowing shit up and jumping out of helicopters. And if you need, um, like you're a human still. So if you need emotional or intellectual or spiritual help and you go to someone for that help and your peers find out about that, you get fucking laughed out of the room. Uh, so the nice thing about Trevor Boehm is, uh, when you do find someone in the military that you have to talk to and you finally reach out, you're talking to some some overweight fucking soccer mom that has a degree from college where she mm-hmm. partied the whole time and she has nothing in common with you. And she's, you're supposed to tell her your deepest, darkest secrets and desires and problems and she's going to solve it for you. So the thing I like about Traver Boehm is he's a fucking real human and although he does have quite a bit of training and experience, he's not a quote, uh, he doesn't offer quote professional uh, psychiatric or psychological services. So you're just fucking talking to a human, which I love. I think that's even better. So yep. um, I was having some really bad relationship problems a couple of years ago. Uh, nothing, nothing angry or violent. Just uh, we wanted to be happier and we both <laughs> loved each other very much. And we were happy humans. We just kind of had some rust. We had to knock off. So I went to Traver for some help with that. Long, long, long story short to answer your question. he says, one of the quotes that's in his book that's on my shelf is where your deepest wounds are is where your greatest gifts will lie or will not lie. Like I'm not telling the truth, but lie like where your greatest gifts will come from. And bureaucracy was one of the hugest fucking wounds I had just in my soul, man, not to be like too extra hippie, but it really hurts, man. Like you go, you you're under these led lights (laughs) You're typing bullshit in the computers. You have 10 passwords for 10 different accounts that you have to log on to all at the same time. And it's just, it's insanity. If you were to explain to someone, not what you do, but the things that you must do to get your paycheck, it's fucking wild. So that for my, what I think is a normal, logical brain for me to try to find all these answers, like, why do I do this? Why must I do that? Why does my boss fucking suck? Why does he get paid more than me? Not that I'm special, but he fucks up a lot. And I probably wouldn't fuck up as much as mm. him. Like, why do my coworkers get paid more than me? And I do more than them. All these weird questions, right? Um, you I'm not fucking perfect. Not by a long shot, but just weird. Qu- why do I have to type this <laughs> shit into None this form? The f- how about this one? Have you ever filled out a form on paper that says name? And then like, if they were to count the underscores out where they give you that space, it's like 15 to 20 spaces long. You can write your full name first and last. And then they go address, and it's like an inch. And you're supposed to write like your whole like 37-digit address in one tiny little square on a sheet. Have you ever had that problem? I'm sure that you have.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 grew, I grew up a, a military brat, mate. <laughs> so, yes.
1: So, you've probably had that problem where they go birthday, and there's a line all the way across the page where you can fill the whole thing in. And they're like, social security number, and you get an inch. It's just... The bureaucracy is fucking wild. So that was a big wound for me. Um, It tore me apart. My brain didn't understand it. I was miserable. Um, I was told as a kid that that's... I wasn't... I was led towards the fact that... The wrong fact. That that's the only option. And I was encouraged that that's the best option. Like, get into a huge organization. Start at the bottom. Climb the ladder at every cost. And maybe in 20 years, you'll still be alive. uh, And maybe you'll have a pretty good pension... (laughs) And then maybe you could be happy. And I didn't believe it when it was told to me. Yeah. I didn't believe it when I signed up. I didn't believe it halfway through. And I didn't believe it when I quit. And I got to tell you, man, it's it's scary going against the grain. Uh, and there's a cost to it, too. It's not all rainbows yeah. and unicorns. Oh, yeah. like it, there's a cost to when you do things differently than most people. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, I am so fucking happy every day that I don't spend under the fucking fluorescent lights and behind a, you know, a corporate computer.
0: Yeah. Working out in the sun and doing stuff that's for your own betterment. I mean, just as a daily, you know, that, that, that is the good life, surely not just, you know, clicking buttons and checking boxes, et cetera, you know, to, to show that you're doing your job or whatever the fuck that system is.
1: (laughs) Wow, that got, that got deep really fast. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: well you know it's um i think when you grow up in that system it really like you were saying it it leaves a fucking hole like when you're just surrounded by you know um especially when you have an individualistic thing going against the grain uh that's why i'm so adamant when uh when kids message you know myself seba and yourself any of these you know people who have any any semblance of idea of what the military is really like and they're like well you know i'm a libertarian but you know, maybe I can go in and I can change some things or, you know, I'm going to go in just for the trick. Whatever the fuck it might be. All that, all that ridiculous, you know, uh, young man stuff that we will have to get over. But um, if you're against the grain and going into these organizations where they treat treat you like a child until you're 40, you know, if not older, uh, you're going to have a bad fucking time. And, you know, thankfully, we we realize as much and, you know, get away from those systems. But so many people, they just... They just deal with it. <laughs> they just plug in, grit their teeth, and, and that's what they do forever. Because that's, you know, like you were saying, just just dealing with it and thinking that's all there was to life instead of understanding what else there is.
1: Yeah, man. And that stuff, that manifests in real physical ways. Like, that's some, that's some of the ways that, that the body will cope. With that bullshit environment, which is, oh, now I have ulcers. Oh, now my hair's falling out. Oh, now my hair's gray. Oh, now I'm overweight. Oh, now I'm too skinny. Oh, now I don't work out. Oh, now I don't fucking, I don't met, yeah. I sure as shit don't meditate if you, most people in corporate worlds <laughs> don't. Like, I sure as, like, most people eat like shit because you don't have the time or the energy or the money to eat a normal human mm-hmm. diet. Like, I, wh- fuck, I was out here with Texas Joe on the farm last last night so just a few hours ago and he said something like well we have animal feed that has to go into our cargo container in the back 40 like our extra supplies for the winter but we both looked at each other and he was like I'm hungry I'm like fuck I'm hungry too and he goes well should we eat first or should we go do the the animal food first and I was like no one's waiting on that animal food it's going into a cargo box and I'm like we're humans we're hungry let's go (laughs) fucking eat and he was like damn he's like yeah let's do that and we fucking ate and we drank yeah and we hung out we played music and we cooked and we cleaned up and then we took care of the animal food you can't do that in a bureaucracy you can't go wow i'm a little bit hungry oh sorry gotta pu- fucking punch buttons in a computer first or whatever your task is right gotta deliver the mail first gotta do this i'm not allowed to take a lunch break or oh my stomach hurts i'm eating a little slow today i don't really have a good you know appetite so maybe i'll take extra an extra 10 minutes on my lunch nope fired Nope, yelled at. No pay is docked. <laughs> no, I get in trouble. So it's just, I think that bureaucracies act like humans, or they act like they're alive. But I think that the people in bureaucracies are prevented from acting like humans.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding about getting fucking deep. No, I, I believe Sorry. that they just become fucking cogs. <laughs> it's the saddest thing. <laughs> no, no, you're you're hitting it on the fucking head, mate. It's it's the most depressing thing to see people just. Uh, you know, give up and become cogs, and not and not thinking there's anything more to life than that, just just becoming part of the the inhuman machine. You know, that is bureaucracy. So someone asks, um, what was the straw that broke the camel's back for for Pat and bureaucracy? Was there any particular incident, or was it just the the pile?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You know what? I get that one a lot. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the perfect answer. There was no one straw. It was an accumulation. So it's uh, it's not a tipping point. Like I fell down a cliff with one step. Um, it's more like <laughs> I started walking down the hill instead of climbing up again. Like I just veered off a little,
0: Yeah. but it
1: was a lot of little steps. I can give you some of them. Um, some of them I talk about a lot, let's do some, maybe that I can think of that I don't talk about on other people's shows. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you very specifically. I remember writing out my lecture that I was going to give to my CO, uh, when I left the military the first time. And that was in, let's see, I got in at six. So I got out, I got out around the summer of 2012. I did six years active duty in the Coast Guard. I was in the drug unit and we were the premier federal drug seizure unit uh, in the whole, excuse me, in the entire U.S. So of all the different agencies in the U.S., the Coast Guard seizes more drugs by pound than any other agency. Um, And all of the units within the Coast Guard, my unit sees more drugs than any other unit. And within our unit, my team was in the top one or two teams every year. So I was literally as high as you can get on the tippy tip of the spear with uh, the drug seizure world. And we were boots on. We didn't like send in intel and hope like hold the scene for other people. We were boots on deck, literally like digging through uh, fish and guts and ice and breaking down walls of ships to pull out metric tons of cocaine. Right. Not that I'm proud of, uh, you know, uh, prosecuting a victimless crime. You know, and if, and if you're upset by that, then email me and we'll discuss it further. But um,
0: <laughs>
1: I was ready to turn in my paperwork or to have my exit meeting is what I was getting ready for. And I remember thinking, I'm going to show this motherfucker, right? And he's going to say, hey, so petty officer, uh, how do you feel about, you know, what are your plans and where are you going to go to next? And how did you like the unit? And we'd love some feedback for how we can get better. I knew in my fucking spine, in my real backbone and in my brain, I knew that no matter what the fuck I told him, nothing would change. And I kept going, I I didn't listen to myself. I was, it was denial. I kept going, I'm going to tell him anyways, and maybe it'll make a difference or I'm going to tell him and it'll feel really good. And then I just, luckily a few minutes before the meeting, And I'm an old man now. I know the difference between, you know, being afraid and copping out and the difference between being at peace with something. And I just, I just accepted the fact that it wouldn't change. And I walked into his office and he was like, Hey, how'd everything go? And I went, Oh, it's been a really fun six years. Thanks. And he said, all right, see you later. And I went, see you later. And I was going to tell him I am in the top two or three performers in this entire hundred person unit without a doubt. And that's objective. It's not subjective look at my qualifications, look at my statistics, look at my days that I was deployed, you know, and then you can subjectively ask the people I worked with. And they all had, you know, praise to sing for me. And everybody else that was the same rank or as me or higher got paid more, even if they weren't performers. We had people at the unit that were obesely overweight that couldn't pass their physical fitness test and they got paid (laughs) more than me. So that was one of the biggest issues was the Just the economics specifically about things like money and time off, and vacation. And then, of course, there's some favoritism. There was people getting uh, promoted and transferred instead of demoted, which they should have been. So I was going to highlight a lot of that for him and say my punchline was going to be, you would be insane if I presented this idea to you. Like, hey, commander, what if I could give you a job where all these things happen? Would you take it? He'd, he'd probably be like, no, that's stupid. And you know, I was going to be so smart and so cool. And I was going to show him. And I just said, nah, fuck it. Hey, have a nice day, sir. Thanks for the six years. So yeah. So I left. That was just when I left the military acceptance. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I did. I, I accepted a lot of it. What the fuck got you back? Uh, well, well, I'll tell you short story was <laughs> I had an absolutely stellar, uh, resume as a federal law enforcement officer for a drug seizure unit with a ton of real world experience under my belt and a squeaky clean background. And I thought I would be, I'll be hired tomorrow by any law enforcement agency. I want like to go be a street cop somewhere. And I was wrong. So I got turned down and then turned down again and turned down again and then turned down again. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I, I did what a lot of uh, machines do or what a lot of uh, humans or creatures do is you run back to mom and I went, Hey, coast guard, uh, if I could just do like some reserve work on the weekends, that'd be great. (laughs) So I went back to the coast guard reserves. We got some rent. (laughs) Yeah. I was like rent's getting kind of can't pay it. So, uh, and that's, you know, what's funny is even hating it as much as I did and going back to it, I'm, like I'm not the only person that's done that, and there are people that refuse to leave because they know that ahead of time. They're like, I know it's gonna be hard out there. This is fucking. So many people say, I'm of course I'm staying here. This is fucking cake. And the higher up I go in rank, the easier it is, and the more I get paid. So I'd be stupid to leave. While they're selling their soul, they're also taking that easy route to get that easy paycheck. So it's kind of this really strange dichotomy where, like, it's it's a it's like a dualistic world. Like you fucking hate your life. And you hate the paperwork and you hate your bosses and you probably put up with the people below you, but you want it because it's easy and it's a guaranteed paycheck and you have perks like, so in some strange, weird way, I get that. I totally get that. But there's people like me that don't want those problems. And and for me, it's, it's kind of like this weird yin, like this weird yin, yang, yin, yang. Like the math always works out where, here, I have to work a lot harder to get my paycheck, but I'm a lot happier. So I think everything in life kind of has this weird equaling out level. Um, but God, I got to tell you, man, the, I think that it's worth it for me to be much more of a free man. Even though the risk is higher, um, I do think the reward is higher. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm just much more at peace.
0: Yeah, I I love to hear that because I've had a a bit of a similar journey as well. You, you said, you know, I don't want to get all hippie and stuff, but I kind of had the same the same thing. I, I went from being all you know, super super uptight and shit, and even as like a libertarian and anarchist, I was still very conservative for for a little bit, and then just over. I think this is a thing we're seeing nationwide, fortunately, in terms of people getting fed up with the the fluorescent lights and the bullshit bosses and being miserable because they, they've they've had a chance to breathe and be like, oh, work sucks. And I'm miserable when I'm there. And I, I don't know. There's been this kind of cultural shift where people are kind of rethinking, um, quality of life. And, uh, you know, I, if a hard day's work is better than, uh, you know, a day sitting at a desk and, and making easy money, you know, or if you'd, you'd rather be sweating and be happy that way out on the homestead, you know? Um, but it, it's like, a it's a massive movement. I mean, uh, my girlfriend, you know, watches TikToks, and I, I, you know, every now and then, I hear like, uh, "Oh yeah, so me and the wife just bought up a homestead, hundred acres, and we're, you know, we're we're moving from here, cool. and we're gonna homeschool the kids." And it's like, it's not a rare thing to hear anymore. You know, like Gosh, all sorts of different it. communities are doing it. It's it's not just our, you know, our kind of, uh, anti-government types. It's it, it's everyone. It everyone's like this there is a better way to live you know from every every group does, does that make you more optimistic about this kind of you know the the, the matrix battery deal
1: <laughs> i'm pretty optimistic Errol, bring it up i i'm optimistic in a weird way i do think things are going to get much worse oh yeah and i do think that there's some shifting going and people are switching sides left and right um i don't mean politically left and right i mean just whatever wherever you are on the spectrum i think people are moving around to find what fits them a little better or a little worse So I'm optimistic (laughs) that I kind of had this revelation just this week, like just a few days ago that I think one of the things that the, the super elite in this country might not have foreseen is a couple decades ago or a hundred years ago, I think there were still just as many people that were switched on to Liberty. And even though, even though I think there's the same percentage, I, I, I just think that the percentage is always going to be relatively the same. I think you're always going to pretty much have one ish percent of the population that really gets Liberty and they really want Liberty and they really care about Liberty. Um, And I think there's always going to be that 1%. I think people will be born and they'll die and they'll come to Liberty or they'll always be there and they don't know it or they'll not really be there. And they think they know it and they'll switch. So I do think the, one of the things that changed the world the most in an optimistic way was the internet. And it's not that the ideas changed because Liberty info is out there and most people still don't give a shit. I think it's that (laughs) the Liberty people can now directly connect all across the globe. So I think where that 1% was scattered throughout the population. Now you have that 1% that we all got each other's fucking phone numbers now. And we talk on the weekly, sometimes on the daily with one another. And I think that, is fucking insanely powerful.
0: Yeah. No, that, that is cause cause it's, uh, it's cross contamination of ideas and, you know, actually, um, you know, sharing information, just like, you know, what you always say about giving people value and stuff. And if, if you have this knowledge and, you know, you want to improve your community standing and, and, and people's just general preparedness for whatever the fuck this world is going to do. Um, that is the best thing about this community because as it's and that's what i noticed at um childerberg down down in texas uh people Ooh. had all, all sorts of different lifestyles like people couldn't be more different but they have one thing in common which is kind of you know leave me the fuck alone at, at least one major thing in common and then it doesn't matter like what people did what what their lifestyle was Everyone, and we didn't even talk politics, like, that much. It was very fucking rare. But everyone was just, like, there was this understanding that everyone was on the same page. And everyone kind of understood uh, what's important in life. And it was just this unspoken thing. And uh, that's one of, the, one of the coolest things about this community. is just that, that sharing of that culture. Because that's not something we had before when it was just you yeah. know little pockets of people having their their views and you know not really sharing that much it's like well you know i don't really trust the, the government and it's like okay well you know put on your foil hat okay now now that we can chat with each other and be like am i crazy <laughs> we we have a little bit more um uh, a little bit more of a metric to compare ourselves to you know that there's definitely crazy out there but <laughs> i think i think by and large it's a pretty sensible group of people you know the, they have very valid fucking concerns and uh and fortunately these days more of a more of a direction to go in
1: yeah for the people out there I that kind don't of think... went
0: all over the place there
1: no that's great uh the, for the people out there that don't think community is important um i mean you're surrounded by people all day as a good friend of mine likes to say you're surrounded by people all day That while they're talking about the things that are important to them, you're fucking internally screaming about how like how none of that matters. And like, like how you just completely don't give a fuck about anything they're saying. Right. You're surrounded by that all day. You're surrounded by people talking about, you know, date night or getting lit or getting drunk this weekend. And people that are like, oh, miserable Monday, got a case of the Mondays like and talking about their sports teams or talking about politics or the red versus blue. So most of the people in the Liberty world that have worked in any type of large group, Arrow, fooey that, out. Excuse me for one second. <laughs> Come on, hop. Plot. And wait. Making a little bit of noise back there. We're on the clock, lady. <laughs> so you're surrounded by that all day. And Texas Joe and I, we do a, a freedom and farm setting event where we We teach people farmsteading skills, uh, but we also spend a lot of time not active at our uh, three-day camping on-site events, and we spend a lot of time just sitting by the fucking fire, hanging out with people, listening to real music, and like touching and eating real plants. And uh, the biggest, the number one across the board thing that every single one of our um, participants has said to us for our debriefs has been, we like learning about farmsteading stuff, we like the the food's great, um, the lesson blocks and the instructors and the experts that come to teach us. It's all awesome, but the number one thing that everyone says is we just fucking like being around people that are like us.
0: Yeah, finding your tribe is fucking massive.
1: <laughs> so we're trying to do that IRL. We're trying to in real life get real people like physically close to one another. I think what the Free State Project is doing is great. Um, I don't like the goal of. Uh, using government and making smaller but more representative government, whatever. That's I don't hate it. Um, yeah. It's just not it's not far enough for me. Um, but we're trying very hard to build real community and intentional communities. And the stuff that um that the intentional community yes. server is I fucking is love doing, that. Word. I want to support them with all of my weight. I just I love it, and I I I think it's so much better than moving somewhere and hoping that your neighbors are cool or moving somewhere and building community. <laughs> Is good. That's really good. But I think people intentionally coming together and then being a community is better than going somewhere and building a community, so to speak, if that makes sense. Because right now we have all these people spread across the country and the the community is built. We're just far apart. So once we get together, it's almost like you don't have to build community. You're it. Like we're all here. Great. The community is built. Great. (laughs) Yeah, there's work to do, but... It's just, you don't have to devote your effort to recruiting or teaching or, you know, debating. It's, you're all on the same page. So let's rock and roll. It just really speeds things up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, The the most efficient experience I've had with any group ever was the first e-militia meetup up in uh, Lake Havasu. We got there and everyone, you know, was just, it was seamless. We don't, we'd been doing the show, you know, the e-militia podcast for like, I don't know, year and a half, two years, something like that. And, um, but never been in person together, you know, never, I don't think we'd even no. we'd never done like a video call or anything, complete strangers apart from the podcast. And so, uh, we all get together and it was the most effortless thing to just get things done. It's like, oh, so, uh, you know, I'm going to do dinner this night. Can you guys go and pick this up? And then we're going to do this. And we were all just, it was, there was not one argument or like tense moment. Everyone just fucking got together and it was like, we'd been doing that, you know, every weekend
1: yeah (laughs) oh my god i love it
0: and and, yeah imagine imagine that as your neighbors
1: i almost had you i almost asked you guys to come out to the farm when the event got canceled this year
0: ah yeah um me me and the lady definitely have to come and see what you guys are doing with uh well the what what was the event called
1: uh freedom and farmsteading
0: freedom and farmsteading and when do you guys do that
1: uh we do it the the week after weekend after easter every year so this coming year, it's okay. going to be the last week of
0: I, April. I got to I gotta see if I can make it down for that because that sounds like right up our street with what we're trying to trying to do right now. I mean, Christ, uh, me, Nathan, and Mitch, are all to, we're going up to uh, Wyoming to, to look at some property uh, oh, together. My... it would be the first time we all meet up in person. God. Yep. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, Texas is also on the list. I fucking love Texas, but... We shall see. It's certainly not a dry heat, uh, <laughs> which kills me, but I like I, I like Texas too. So, um, you know, there's lots of options and that is, that is the most exciting thing to me right now is all this intentional community talk and people, whether it's just, you know, uh, their family going out and doing a homestead or their extended family or a couple friends or whatever it might be. There's some awesome stuff in the works right now, all over the place where people just, you know, taking it into their own hands and, building some of themselves instead of outsourcing that responsibility i'm my brain is in a million places like i that. can't
1: wait oh my god yeah i think we also have a delay tonight <laughs> so i think our timing's a little off
0: yeah yeah i've i've never had a delay this bad it's like like fucking four seconds or something so my apologies for that but
1: that's right the farm internet is not great um i'm doing my very best to host a content driven business <laughs> on limited farm signal
0: <laughs> <laughs> i I was just thinking... I was thinking about that recently. I was like, we're going to have to have some kind of fucking NSA satellite dish outside or something. Um, oh, man. Because just, just, if... I mean, if they keep on doing their show, which is fucking growing by the minute, and uh, and everything we want to do is going to be content production based, and I want to be able to work from home, it's like, <laughs> we're going to need some incredible internet capacity.
1: Whose show? Oh, you mean the Seaburn show?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the Art and War podcast
1: hmm that's fantastic yeah
0: we uh yeah we gotta we gotta bug you about getting on there soon enough but um basically all that intentional community stuff has me optimistic i mean we've had so many fucking heartbreaks with everyone falling for the oh well maybe you know maybe the lp is gonna pull it off this year and it's like jesus guys like quit quit looking for the adult in the room and be the adult in the room you know if you want to live it. a different lifestyle live it
1: just do it
0: fuck yeah <laughs> One last thing on the uh, on your new book, and then uh, I got a few more prepper questions, and we can, we can wrap up. What, what what's the main takeaways that you want from someone picking up your book? Fuck bureaucracy.
1: Oh God, uh, it's a two part book. So part one is my my definition and my case for bureaucracy and what it will always yeah. entail. Part two is if you and there's some people that are happy there. I get it. There's some people that. Maybe you have a a sick kid or your all your family lives near you or you're able to live on a farm and you only work four days a week for a bureaucracy and they pay really well. And so you get the best of both worlds. My my target audience is not the people that are tickled pink for working for a huge bureaucracy. Like that's not the audience. My audience is the nine out of 10 people in a bureaucracy that are fucking miserable day in and day out. So part two of the book is really dedicated to them, which is you have been lied to. So if nothing else in the book, I want you to know that your idea and your passion or the thing that you do that makes you happy, you can do that. I promise. The world is a weird enough place and enough people are on the internet that whatever fucking weird thing you're into, you can probably figure out how to pay your bills. By doing the thing that you like instead of the thing that you fucking hate. That's what I want. That's the takeaway.
0: Yeah, well, well, fucking said. I mean, uh, me and uh, me and Nathan, you know, of of the Seaburn Show, we're we're talking about this. um, Both being starving artists, you know, never thinking we could really make a paycheck doing, uh, you know, artistic shit, and uh, so you just kind of, I, I think whenever you're In any kind of industry like that where you're like, yeah, this would be great to do as my day job, but I'm kind of kidding myself if I think I could ever really pay the bills like this, you do start to just consign yourself away to, you know, a shitty, a a mediocre fucking lifestyle, you know, whether it's your your job or otherwise, you're like, yeah, I'm never going to be able to do that. And then if you actually fucking put in the effort and you're like, no, I want this, this is going to make me infinitely happier than the alternative. I'm going to pursue it no matter what, you know, even if it does suck for a while. Or even if it is more blood, sweat and tears. So all about that message.
1: Yeah, well I did it to help people. It was not um <laughs> it, I, I wanted to write an angry uh not a manifesto, but I wanted <laughs> to write basically a thesis paper on why bureaucracy sucks. Uh and it ended up that the answer to that, you know, making that book whole was, yeah, it sucks, but what can we do? And there's there's some answers there. Uh, which is go do the thing you like instead. And and just like you've been brainwashed to think that, you know, ignorance is intelligence and war is peace. You know, you've been brainwashed to think this is the best you can do at this job and you can't go anywhere else. You know, you should stay here and be just unhappy enough and just miserable enough that you won't quit with just enough perks that you think it's worth it so that you'll sell your soul for 20 or 30 years doing something you're unhappy at. Like you've been lied to. You're capable. Yes, you're, even the people that aren't that bright, there's something that you're bright at. And, and think about this too. How many people have heard the phrase from their employer that we have the best healthcare? Okay. <laughs> if there's 10 people in the room, and they're all employers, and you walk in as a prospective employee, and all 10 tell you, we have the best healthcare, then that means that nine of them are fucking lying to you. And the chances of you actually being at that one out of 10 that really does have the best health care, your chances are 10%. So do you like those odds, right? And actually in real life, the, the, the percentage is much smaller, right? Because there's millions of employers out there. So is it one in a million? Do you want to take that bet, right? You don't have the best health care. And fun fact, you can go somewhere else where they have really good health care. Or if you do your own thing, you can probably figure out how to get your own health care. And do you really need health care? Don't get me on that fucking kick. What's uh, uh, Texas Joe had a heart attack earlier <laughs> this week. Almost died. Jesus Christ. Uh, he was told if he didn't come to the hospital within a few minutes, he would have been dead. So he had a 100% blockage of one of his arteries in his heart. had no idea. He's now and... Damn he's now on a couple different meds. I won't get too specific, but he's on a couple different meds that he has to take every day of his life or he's going to die from now until forever. And I know Jack Spierko talked about this before. I know Texas and I, Texas Joe and I have talked about it a little bit. It's not great, right? But if you're laying on the operating table and they do a procedure and they say you now have to do this, you kind of don't have a choice. But my question is just like bureaucracy, just like the people that you work for and just like the hospitals that you go to for your, you know, world-class healthcare here in America. How much energy <laughs> and money and time and effort do you think Big Pharma has put into research for how can we design our products so that people can safely wean off of our product products over time and live a healthy, free life? Or do they just go, Okay, so we'll give people these meds. They'll have to take them every single day of their life. Sweet. Big win. Let's do it. Move forward on that project. Which one do you think is more likely?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that has been a big wake up from this whole pandemic. Is like you know, There's always that doubt that they're going to sell you a cure. They're going to sell you more of something that you have to, you know, you're re-upping every, every week, every month, whatever it is and uh you know they're gonna sell you the most addictive solution possible so you keep on coming back for it and i like 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 i was saying about the the hippie stuff earlier i was like oh jesus i'm gonna be a you know homeopathic uh herb smoking type in like two years I, i don't know what the fuck to to even think about big pharma anymore i mean it's it's I'm sure it's been crystal clear to some people for decades and decades but you know personally for me this whole big thing was pff, the clearest wake up call and I'm terrified of anyone who hasn't seen it for what it is but you know absolutely it's uh we've definitely been sold a lie on on just how essential um such industries are you know or or at least the the solutions they sell us
1: yeah it's it's <sighs> It's hard getting people to ask the right questions. I think that's more important. That's even more important than, than giving people the, the right answers, I think is getting them to ask the right questions. Yes. And I have, a, I have a couple of friends that are still cops or yeah. still in the military. Um, and some of them know my thoughts on Liberty and some don't. Um, and it's not that I hide, hide who I am. It's just that sometimes it doesn't come up with certain people, like people I collaborate with on projects. Um, we don't always go down that deep rabbit hole. Uh, but what I really like to give to this community in which a lot of people, they write me emails or DMS and they, um, I'm really thankful and very humbled. Um, I'm always, I, I'm not good at taking compliments. So I, I force myself to say, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, but people do tell me, they're like, you're, you give perspective that other people just can't, they just can't do it. So I try to give people that perspective and I don't, I don't like changing people's minds and that's my, that's not my goal. My goal is, do you know what your belief system is? And everyone wants to say, yeah, of course I do. And I go, okay, yes. you, so my, my goal is not to tell you what I believe and to make you believe it. My goal is to ask you what you believe and see if you can even answer. And then if you do, if you give me an answer, I'll say, okay, why do you believe that? Okay. What makes that? Okay. What would make that different? And just getting people to to ask those questions and to be willing to be wrong, I think that's the biggest value that our community can do. If we're going to be recruiting, honestly, I don't don't know. Sometimes I get stuck and I think there's always going to be, like I said earlier, there's always going to be a certain percentage of people that want liberty and a huge percentage that don't. Um, But I still think that recruiting and teaching and educating is important because I do think that... My goal is not – I don't aim my content at people that are already pro-liberty and that truly understand it. And I don't aim my content at people that are blindly, you know, authority lovers. I'm I'm aiming my content at people in the middle that are even willing to question their beliefs. So there's some people that are on the fence, and I think they need some help.
0: Yeah, like you don't need to be – you know, if if someone comes out on the street with a tinfoil hat and a sandwich sign on that says, you know – all, all, all of the the bullshit that government does you're gonna be like okay crazy but if you get someone who you know has a a conversation with you and is like like you were saying um you know what do you believe because it'll, it'll come up with some people don't even and not everyone needs their you know perfect little political labels for themselves but some people you know they'll see a cop like a video of a cop doing something like you know where they're, where they're completely in the wrong and they'll be like well any more context, and it's like wait, 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 wait. So, do you think it's okay for them to be bothering this person over a victimless crime? And they're like, well, it's a crime, you know. You have you you'll find people where you have to start from absolutely zero, and they don't know what they believe. They have no kind of opinion on the subject, or, or at least not like a a formulated one. And and to be like, okay, well. Is this important to you? Do you do you see what's what's being done with your money to to your neighbors and such, and and to click on a few light bulbs for people, and you know, not explicitly tell them what to think. I mean, I I've certainly talked to people about you know police and military and all sorts of all sorts of stuff from all over the spectrum, and they've had their own conclusions, you know, which they didn't have before. But they, I didn't you know carbon copy my beliefs onto them. You know, they they just used their perspective and found something different, and that. Is fine, but um, just figuring out how to talk to people and allow them to think for themselves is a a serious serious skill in itself and something that's needed. Um, especially with uh the way our society is going, people are more and more being forced to because there's there's bullshit in their ordinary lives now. It's not like uh you can turn off the news and you're not bothered by the the bigger picture right now. You you're forced to live it every day, so people are being forced. And this is why I always say I think the I think the state kind of pre came with the authoritarianism because it's um it's too early people people are still awake enough to be like yeah this this isn't natural I'm gonna I'm gonna question this I'm gonna do my own research and think fuck you know
1: yeah it's tough man it's a and it's funny too you know the <laughs> phrase um what's the phrase uh, it's so simple that I didn't see it Right? or it's. Like it's so yeah. simple that people can't understand it.
0: it. It's right in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a few more questions. Um, yeah, bring them. Someone asks, uh, "Can we stay locally focused as states and stay together with the federal government doing what it do?" Uh,
1: uh, I'm not. I'm not sure I understand the question. However, comma, and not offensively, like, but I just uh, don't care. What? What? would I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> no no offense.
0: Um No no, I I think they're saying um, Ask ask
1: it again. Uh what do you think that they're asking? Stay...
0: Yeah, yeah. No uh I, I think they're asking if we can stay like more state focused in terms of, you know, politics and stuff, but then have a federal government still existing regardless, which you know, we, we we've both got our answers to this one, but I did, think did that clarify it at all?
1: yeah a little bit. Uh, I think the answer is no. I think that states I think that any government agency that can grant itself power, which all of them can and do, even if they're not allowed to, any government that claims this crazy, false, weird authority over other humans will grow until it can't grow anymore until it balkanizes or until it gets defeated by another government or or until it fucking fizzles out. I think that they it's like a tumor and a cancer, and its mate its mission in life is to grow. So no, I don't think we can focus locally and everything will be hunky dory.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% with you. I uh especially, especially with the state being a cancer or a tumor because I mean, we started with 1776 and then uh one whiskey rebellion later and we've got a Patriot Act and imperialism across the across the globe. What the fuck yeah, happened? That's what the uh,
1: <laughs> The, some of the people that are that get their sticking point in minarchism, that's a good question to ask them that a lot of them don't consider, which is, oh, you're pro-minarchism because that'll solve the problem, right? Just a little bit of government. Well, did you know <laughs> that America started as the littlest government ever? And look at us now. Like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. just come one more step. Like just, I oh, there's so many people. Uh, Mitch just uh, sent me a DM the other day. He's like, I talked to this uh, one friend of mine. He's like, I think you'd really like to talk to him. He's like one step away from us. And I'm like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And people just get that sticking I, yeah. point.
0: What, watching those watching those military buddies or whatever it might be, kind of tiptoeing. And they, they kind of plow through constitutionalism. And you're like, ooh, where you at now, buddy?
1: <laughs> yeah. Some people plow through. Oh, so constitutional too. I love it when um, I'm talking to people that are really close to anarchy and they go yeah this that the other we need a whatever constitution and I go "Uh uh-huh and they're like what do you mean uh uh-huh and I'm like okay let's switch tactics here
0: (laughs) (laughs) like um I mean I don't want to shove you know like Lysander Spooner's no treason in everyone's face it's a good fucking read if you're into that kind of stuff and it will destroy constitutionalism for you if you're open to to reading a book on it but and and not a very long book but um yeah just just going the conversation route instead of chucking books at people it's like there's what's what's that conservative uh thing like they they won't trust the government in little but they'll trust the government in lot or something (laughs) it's like oh yeah yeah just military police and courts do you realize how fucking powerful those three are and and how we don't trust how much journey those three alone
1: (laughs) you know i kind of i kind of think it's like not like the fake ass like sword swinging like weird martial arts stuff but like the the true people that are masters of their craft at effective real like physical fighting arts the people that are like in their 60s and you go to punch them and they just give you this little movement in this little motion, and you're laying down on the floor and you're like, ow, that hurts.
0: <laughs>
1: I would like to be that with my words with people, you know, fuck 20, 30, 40 years from now. Like, I feel like now I'm pretty good and I, I know uh, not a physical, but like the mental debate of if someone comes to me and they're on the fence and they're like, I have some ideas about this Liberty stuff. Like, now I think, yeah, there's a good chance I'm winning this fight, but I want to be at the point where I like, I with so much less energy, I can just kind of go. Did you ever think about this? And they go, "Holy crap, I'm dead!" Yeah, like that's where I want to be.
0: <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I love. Uh, I've been I've been going through like all. Yeah, I've been going through all the old school anarchists right now, and they all all their portraits are like you know older men with frizzly white beards, and I'm like honestly. I, that's kind of a vibe I want to be that old anarchist who just knows his shit and like you said fucking very, very very, politely I don't have to get into a big debate or go oh you want to talk about anarchism I'm just like well have you have you considered this oh shit you know like just just that little Midas touch of uh you know sharing ideas but yeah someday
1: well, I think the fucking work that we're all doing together is fantastic. I and mean, we got a really cool uh, kind of interwoven community of people.
0: Oh, seriously. Like any... What I always say when, when people bitch about, oh, you know, another Libertarian podcast, I'm like, yeah, cool. That's a yeah, different bring it. flavor of ice cream. You know, like not not everyone needs the same fucking flavor and not everyone will be converted or, you know, ha- get anything from from the same kind of shows. Like, I mean, bite in the bullet versus... Uh, your show versus Matt show versus Militia versus you know uh, any any of the other timeline Earth. I mean, there's so much.
1: I love all, all stuff of those things there. you just and,
0: said. Yep. Yeah, we got some good fucking people. Like, I mean, if if you want to hear a lot of politics, no politics, you know, but but have that sense of community and that sense of you know, like. I I don't know. Kind of accessibility, I think, is the big thing in this liberty community because no one's there's there's not many egos. There's some egos, but for the most part, you can reach out to damn near anyone and be like, "What do you think of this?" And you'll get you'll get an answer, and that's fucking awesome because that's what you need when you're kind of cultivating well a culture of liberty. You know?
1: Yeah, and that's another another cool thing about the internet is with things like social media, as much as it's censored and fucking filtered and uh what's the word uh the algorithmized that's a big word um as much as those things happen you can still if you have questions there are still often ways that you can talk to someone that is the best in the world at what they do and if you have an interest in it you can often just slide into that dm and you can get an answer within minutes from your mentor or your hero or the person that's like the number one at their craft or number two or number three, whatever, like, or, you know, someone that you want to emulate or be like, you can reach right out and you can get in the DMs and you can have a, a human conversation with them. And a lot of times you can even do it on video call or hop into their videos with them or call them on the phone. I, I talk to so many fucking people on text message and in the phone um, that have questions about, you know, lock picking or liberty or, you know, building or leaving a career or starting a new career. I love it. Like that's that brings me so much joy when someone has made their life better and I was able to give them a little bit of uh, information on how to do that.
0: Fuck yeah. That yeah. That that's what community is. That's that's all that all it has to be to start with and it it flourishes, you know. Um All right, I've got wait three more questions and then we can get the fuck out of here. i'm on your time brother
1: you if you give me whatever you got
0: (laughs) all right um i'm gonna have to rephrase this one all right so what are some items that a prepper that are essential but most preppers might forget you know just jumping into kind of prepping for the first time some really high value items that are going to make your life a lot better that I might not think of.
1: Sure. So we talked a little bit, it's kind of going to be some overlap, but that's okay. Cause it's important. Um, handling your home for one day, probably off grid. If there's a tornado, you're probably also losing power. power. If there's tor- a hurricane, you're probably also losing power. If there's flooding, you're probably also losing power. Um, so the, I, I really like that power outage drill we talked about earlier. And, Again, if you throw any other variable on top of the power went out, it makes things much, much worse, right? Power went out and it's flooding. Power went out and it's really fucking cold. Power went out and it's really fucking hot. Um, The things that people forget a lot. And I like the stuff that's really low cost and low intrusive, meaning it doesn't get in the way of how you live your life. Um, I think if your preparedness, um, and again, I credit that to Jack Spierko. He preaches that where he's like, your preps should help you whether the world falls apart or whether it doesn't like it should still help. Like it shouldn't be a pallet of MREs in your living room that you have to walk around that, you know, get in the way. (laughs) It should be things that you add into your life that give you value in an emergency or not. So one of my favorites and also from him is in almost every drawer in the house that I've ever lived in, uh, for the last 10 years, I've had at least one small handheld or headlamp flashlight. So anytime that the power goes out or any anytime that you conveniently just need a flashlight to find something or look at something, even if the power doesn't go out, you can go to any drawer in the house and reach in even without looking. And you can find in the front right corner, there's a tiny little flashlight or maybe a big flashlight, right? But something in every drawer and it's not expensive. You can get packs of 10 flashlights for $10. So yeah, that's one of my prep ideas, uh, if you can handle that right and don't go buy the most expensive headlamps you can find, uh, but headlamps are usually better than handhelds um, and led is usually better than you know, the other stuff, uh, but it, it's okay. If it's cheap, it's to get you from just like a pistol to get you to your rifle. Your desk drawer flashlight is to get you to your lighting system. So you should have some type of off grid, either it's recharged or it's battery powered. Um, and it's something kind of mounted somewhere where, it can give you some illumination when your house goes dark um, and it works for your vehicle too. You should have something in your vehicle that you can plant or put like a, some type of led lantern. You can just throw up in the back seat. So that's one of the things that I think, I don't know if people miss that, but it is one way that you can make something insanely easily accessible, whether it's a convenience issue or the world is falling apart. You can always go. You don't have to go. Oh, I have to run all the way to my bedroom, all the way in the closet, all the way to the bottom drawer of that thing. Like everywhere you go in the house, you're like, I need a flashlight. Let me open that drawer. There's one. So that's something that is really doable. And it starts your scale at the bottom. Like we talked about, handle a small problem, then handle a big problem. Well, if the big problem is we're out of power for three days, guess what, motherfucker? How many drawers you got in the house? Every single one of them has a flashlight. Then you're probably good for a few nights. Like you'll be able to cook. You'll be able to figure some shit out. You'll be able to play a puzzle and you won't be like, we only have our cell phone flashlights and then we're fucked. Like you got some, you got some ground that you've covered. Then you can expand if you want, then you can buy extra batteries and you can buy extra flashlights and you can put some in the car and mount some to the wall. And there's all sorts of wall chargers that you can get where if the power goes out, then the wall flashlight turns on so that you'll know the power went out and you'll have lighting at the same time. Like you start at that baseline and then you expand. So that's something I think that it's not that people miss that, but it's it's something you definitely should start with.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think people go to you know, especially in our community, they're like, All right, I need ammunition, pause, food, maybe, and water. And then, you know, like more the conventional prepper stuff, but just little little tools to make it so you can actually use your gear, you know, like a flashlight, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, definitely going to go by yeah. the wayside. And I got some so other bad news. Kind of in that, in that category? Yeah.
1: Let's talk about something <laughs> in, that, in that vein too. So I talked earlier about if you lose a family member, if you die and you leave your partner, you know, with nothing, that's not very nice of you. Uh, or if your partner dies and maybe even if they do leave you things, that's going to take a toll on you. Um, one of the biggest tolls with that is your debt or your income levels. So my, I might be wrong, and I reserve the right to be wrong with anything I say, but if you think that your debt isn't going away, or, or I'm sorry, if you think that your debt is going away because some big boog is going to happen, I think you're fooling yourself. <laughs> I don't think it's okay to max out a credit card because you think that Civil War III is coming. I reserve the right to be wrong, and if I am, I'm really sorry, and you get to use your own big sexy brain to d- to determine whether you think I'm right or I'm wrong. So you, it's, it's on you, but my thoughts are you should be fucking clawing yourself out of debt as fast as you can. If you have a hundred thousand dollars in your savings account and you're $90,000 in debt, I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor, but what I would do is I would cancel out my debt tonight. It's insane what that does for you. (laughs) And imagine the decisions that you can make, right? I wish I could do this, but. Or I wish I could pay for that, but right? The, that debt just fucking sucks the soul out of you, man. I'm making yeah, really good progress right now chain. and I, I can't wait till I'm done. But I'm every day of my life I'm like, fuck, I'm still carrying this around. So I'm working really hard for that.
0: Yeah. That's um and and again, that's something that is kind of a tie to the old world. You know, having that awful fucking debt and then going and living on the homestead. Uh guess what? They're gonna come a knocking because that's what those assholes do. Yeah, I still get mail from my credit card <laughs> And if you want to put all I that promise. stuff behind... Yeah. Yeah, fucking uh, Her Majesty's Tax Collection sent me a few emails the other day. I was like, are you fucking serious?
1: You know what's funny, too? For the people that... what What fucking blows my mind... I cannot help myself. I have to say this. What blows my fucking mind is that <laughs> people were forced out of work by their government and they couldn't pay their fucking bills but they still had to pay the bills for their government. If that it's doesn't fucking the- <laughs> if that one doesn't wake you up, I I have no sympathy and no empathy for you. I have none. I don't care. I'm if I if I know that that's you and then you end up you know falling dead in a ditch tomorrow because of your government, I, I, I care very deeply about humans, but I'm not going to cry for you, bro. Don't feel bad. I <sighs> don't know how you missed that fucking signal.
0: Oh yeah, last uh last tax day was uh interesting on social media. It was like the first time I'd seen more than just the libertarians bitching. It was like like wait, wait, wait. A whole lot of people going, This isn't a good game. But
1: sorry, she's alerting.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh you you need to go and handle something?
1: No, she's she's doing exactly her job. She's letting me know that someone is outside the door and I know who it is, so her job now is to not alert.
0: <laughs> gotcha well speaking of uh of, of fortress canine and stuff oh, uh, yeah. someone else with one of those dogs asks uh we, we, I'll get that just a second um guy going by rhymes with lich uh why is pat a tier one loser hashtag tier two gang
1: oh sure i'd be happy to answer that uh i was in a unit in the coast guard that was <laughs> that was titled a tier one unit. And that's all your special cool guy stuff all over the military. That's your seals and Rangers and all that crap. I was not a Navy seal. I was not an army Ranger. I just worked for the coast guard and I did. I was very, very highly trained. We were highly autonomous, meaning we were a small, small unit, not like a huge, big army platoon, but we were a small unit of six to eight people. We would deploy around the globe with very little oversight and a lot of authority to do our job. Uh, highly trained, jumped out of helicopters, rappelling, fast roping, um, all sorts of cool shit. We're in, we had fully automatic machine guns. Uh, we were deploying with multiple weapon systems and body armor and cool night vision goggles. We did cool guy stuff. Part of that was, hey it's guys, that, we're Mitch. suck it. Part of that was, hey guys, we're a tier one unit. We have to do the tier one fitness test as well. It's coming in three months, so start getting ready. <laughs> That also means we have to do five pull-ups and five chin-ups. And we have to add the 300-meter sprint in X amount of seconds. Okay, cool. We were graced, ominous deus, abracadabra. Now there's a piece of paper that was signed that says you guys are tier one. And if you're listening and you're emotional right now, I don't give a fuck what tier we were. Um, We did some interesting, fun things. Um, Whether you call us a special tier or not. Um, So I personally don't care. So we did super cool tier one stuff. And then a lot of our members decided to not get as physically fit as they could, even though that was their only job was meet this requirement. This is your job. And they didn't meet that requirement. And so instead of doing what normal humans would do in nature, which is you put in zero effort, well, guess what? Bye. Right. If they're in your community and everyone's climbing trees to get coconuts and one guy who's fully capable goes, yeah, I don't really want to climb trees for coconuts. You can just give me yours. Uh, We know how that would work in real life with real humans. So in the military, instead of holding someone accountable for their failures, we went, "Uh, I guess we'll just be tier two again. It's fine. We don't want to hold anyone accountable and make them exercise harder. So if anyone out there like Lich or Rich or Fitch or whoever he is, if he's upset, uh, tell him no worries. Because (laughs) Pat's unit that he was at is now a tier two unit, if that makes him feel any better.
0: Rip. They uh enjoy the enjoy the McDonald's a bit too much. Sad. So uh you want to wrap up with uh what's going on with this uh, Fortress K9 stuff? Yeah, I would love to, man. Like, are you um so do you have your own I, I'm a little bit lost on, on... I, I know you're doing some training, right?
1: Yes, sure, I'll give you the overview. Um so Fortress yeah, yeah. the letter K, the number nine dot com. That is Joel Riles. Um that's his website and his company. Um although he does all the work, he has several small companies that all kind of conglomerate and work together. And that's puppy sales, that's dog training, uh that is online uh an online video series that's pre-recorded uh that you can be involved in. Uh, and he has classes where people will come out to his um training site and run their dogs. He does bite work, he does human tracking, he does um bomb detection with his dogs. Uh he does what makes him really special is his stabilization, right? So it's okay, honey. I hear it. So he does stabilization, which is when your dog shouldn't bite, make sure that they don't bite. So for every one hour of bite work that he does, he does about four to five hours of when not to bite. It's kind of how the ratio works out. Yeah. Um, he questions the status quo. And if he didn't, I would not be involved with him. So the thing that I heard him on Jack Spearco's podcast a long time ago. And then I, on my podcast, I was looking for a canine guy and I was like, Oh, that's right. Jack Spearco interviewed someone on that. Let me see if I can find him. And I found him and he happened to be right around the corner from me. So that was perfect. And when we yeah. talked and I interviewed him, he said, this is what military dogs do. And he said, this is what law enforcement dogs do objectively period. If you had to write it down on paper, Explain to me what this dog does in detail. He said, this is what those dogs do. He said, if you are a a single person or a couple or a family or a CEO or whoever you are, if you're just not special and wearing a badge, right? You just have a dog for your health or for your family or for your protection. Does military or law enforcement operations, does that fit what you need from your dog? And the answer is is no, absolutely not. Let's add in a little, let's, let's salt this with a little bit of spice and salt here um, in my pat fashion, hopefully, which is, um, and do you think that the military and law enforcement is the best possible training that you can give to your dog? And that answer is no, is absolutely no. <laughs> you can do so much better if you do things differently than the military and then law enforcement. As a matter of fact, the highest tier operators in the military and in law enforcement in the United States of America, they pay extra fucking money, which is taxpayer money to private companies for private people to pay government people or to train government people on how they can do their government job better. So think about that for a second. (laughs) And it's the highest tier operators that pay private people to teach them. It's not the, you know, it's not the boot camp people that are having private consultants come in and make bootcamp better. They don't give a fuck about you. They want those high tier units to be able to be at, at the top performing level, which means they pay private companies like I run and like Joel runs and like a bunch of people in our community run. So the only reason I decided to get involved with Joel was that he questioned the status quo. And I'll just give you one small example, which is. One of the biggest uses of law enforcement canines is you go to a scene where violence has occurred or where maybe a a crime against property, right? So no violence, but you've physically stolen something and the person doesn't want to fight police or law enforcement. So they run and the canine tracks that person by scent and then bites a person that's either running away or hiding that doesn't want to fight. So how fucking tough do you think you are now for the modern police canine handler? I'm so tough. I got a dog. I got my Oakley glasses. I'm so tough. I kick ass. When you bite people, you send your dog to bite people that are fucking running away from you that have made a clear physical statement that I don't want to be at that crime scene because I don't want to fight and I'm running. Right. So that sounds real tough. Right. So he explained that to me and I went, holy shit. So he trains his dogs differently which is if you're a private person and you're not a cop or in the military or government and you get attacked in public or in your own own home, wherever, you just have your dog and you get attacked. And these people either know you have a dog or they don't. But let's say they know you have a dog and you're walking down the street and they still decide to attack you seeing that you have a large dog at your side. (laughs) That means that person is more of a threat to you because they see a danger threshold and they've decided to cross an even higher threshold of Not only am I, I'm not running from the crime because I don't want to fight. I'm running towards you to victimize you, and I see your your dog, which might bite me, and I don't care. I still want to hurt you and your dog. So we train our dogs to meet that level, which is way higher than what police dogs train, or or at least it's higher than what their most commonly used operational um, purpose is. So uh, aggressive. I'll try not to go too long on this, but. I'll try not to go too long, but what most police dogs do, and the modern uh, civilian sporting method matches this, which is police dogs should bite with their full mouth, way high on the arm or the leg, mostly mostly the arm. It doesn't matter which arm, just pick an arm, bite really deep, really hard, sink your back teeth into that person, and crunch down and hold it until either you are choked to death by your handler and pulled off, or until you die because the person that you're biting stabs you or shoots you or drowns you or or smashes your head into a wall. Just don't let go ever. So what we do is different. Our dogs do not do a full mouth bite. They do not pick an arm and hold until they die. What they do is they do what dogs normally and naturally do, which is to take down large animals, small animals, humans, whatever. Dogs instinctively are designed to use their teeth. So they bite on, With their teeth, it might not be a full mouth bite or it might either way, but their teeth, their canines sink into the flesh. They rip, they pull, they they thrash their head left and right. And when another hand comes in to punch them in the head or stab them in the head or a machete comes in and chops one of their legs off, they release and they avoid that stimulus and then they retarget on the other arm. So now they're inflicting multiple points of damage on a person and they're thrashing their fucking skin and bones off of them. And they're avoiding being injured themselves Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're pro and they're prolonging the fight. So the purpose is for you to survive. Now, if your dog bites and holds and the bad guy has a machete, he just chops your dog into seven different pieces. And then he comes after you. If your dog does the bite and hold method, that sounds pretty dumb. If someone with machete fights, one of our fortress dogs, he's in for a fucking fight. And while my dog is fighting him, I can either run or I can get out my weapon and engage which I think is really smart. So we do things differently. <laughs> yeah, and of course, yeah, and so we do things differently, which of course brings us a lot of fucking hate by people that are fucking asleep at the wheel. They just blindly believe that government is the best and that whatever sport they got involved with makes sense in the real world, which it usually doesn't. Um, it's a kind of like uh, kind of like karate masters doing a karate tournament. And saying I'm the best fighter in the world, and when you go out in the street, you get kicked in the nuts, and you go, "That's not fair. I wasn't ready." Like that's that's I think what our equivalent is for Fortress K9. Sorry, I went long on that. I tried not to, but um, I own a fortress. I own a, I own a franchise of one of, of Joel's company model. So he mentors me, um, and we do have a financial relationship. Uh, full disclosure. So I am absolutely financially and um, just personally biased. I really like him, um, and I like that he questions the status quo. I can get people a discount on Fortress yeah. Canine Dogs. They're very expensive, but they're very good. And actually, they're not more expensive than just buying a dog from a specialized breeder. Um, so it's surprising in that in that manner. But I train people for basic obedience and basic agility. And I think next year, I think after my next session or two where I return to Florida and get a little bit more training and um, apprenticing, I'll probably start doing my own bite training here in Texas as well. Hope that answered some of your questions. Fuck
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was curious, because I, I knew you were doing stuff like involved with the whole, you know, Fortress K9 deal, and obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we see plenty of stuff you do in training. Um, so I was, I was wondering where that was at. So that's that's really cool that you're kind of developing those skills and doing something of your own. Oh cat. Uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, my...
0: He's being a little arsehole. He's like, are you done yet?
1: Dude, do um, you ever feed hey, that cat? Yeah. Come
0: on, he sounds hungry. He is a big lad. He's not chunky. He is a fucking <laughs> He's a lot of meat. He would be he he'd be a good he'd be a good snack for uh Athena or uh what was it Arrow?
1: Arrow, yeah. Yeah,
0: little fucker. I'm uh if we end up sharing uh property with Mitch and Nathan, I'm like, I wonder how long those Well, how how are those dogs... this is really fucking irrelevant, but how, how are those dogs around uh other pets?
1: Perfectly relevant question. If you check Forster's Canine's Instagram story just today, um, he bought a brand new kitten. And you can see in real life that kitten interacting with... he. Uh, Joel actually has about anywhere from 6 to 12 full-sized, fully bite-trained dogs in his home um, every night of the week. So he unloads his truck. All the dogs go inside. They lay down on the floor, and they stay in their place, and they mind their own business. And it's amazing to see. Um, I've been to his house a few times. He's, he's been dude. He's been a fantastic mentor and a fantastic friend. And it's just, it's in his, his business is growing. Uh, and I'm very happy for him cause he deserves it. He does things right. And he does things that are so impressive, uh, that it's hard. To, it's really hard. You can argue with philosophy all you want. It is so hard to argue with results and he gives results every fucking day. So yeah, uh, his animals are fantastic with other animals. They're fantastic with humans, and we we literally earn our paychecks in the dog world for him and I. Him more than me because I do it uh, kind of part time here. Um, we earn our paychecks yeah. with our stability and our safety of our dogs. And the bite stuff is awesome. The protection is great, that's... really, really good. But but that's not. I mean, you can have a dog live ten years of its life and never have to bite someone, and you would want one that doesn't yeah. bite someone on accident. And that's what we do. Yeah,
0: that's, that's really cool, because I, I was curious about how they, you know, how they interacted. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I know they're good around babies, you know, with what uh, Mitch and the newborn, yeah, I was wondering about uh, all that kind of stuff. Anything else to wrap up about Aaron and Halfmark? Uh, any, any last plugs or anything?
1: Uh, yeah, it would be great if I could do some plugs if anyone has stuck around long enough to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a couple of plugs. Okay, um, Easiest way to find out most of the info is uh, to go to the website. You can type in the whole thing, uncensoredtactical at, at, uh, com. Shit, fuck that one up. uncensoredtactical.com. Uh, or you can type in the shortcut, which is utac.io. That's also my email address, pat at utac.io. Uh, so those are, that's a shortcut for you. Um, the most active on Instagram, although I do have a Twitter Um, some of the biggest projects that I'd just be happy to shout out is I, we just opened our online store for lock picking gear last month. So I am still learning how to manage the inventory and how to get shipping out and it's going well so far. It was a really steep learning curve, but if you all want any cool tactical gear to, uh, give you access into lock spaces, come see me. That would really help us out. Just go to our homepage and then click on the store link. Also, we have two books that are out and published right now. The second one will be released on Thanksgiving, but it's up for presale right now. The, the uh, paperback version and the digital version are both up for presale. Those are the biggest things that I'm just really excited to talk about. Um, and of course, if you all want some dog help, uh, what Joel does not do, just because he doesn't have the time for it, that I do is I provide one-on-one Zoom training for people that have dogs that want some some training that we provide. So just shoot me an email, pat at U-T-A-C I only have about mm, two, maybe three slots available for my one-on-ones right now. Um, I also do in-person training in Magnolia, Texas, which is just west of Houston. So um, I really do love talking to the audience and the people out there that have questions. Um, Even, I mean, I'll I'll sometimes even do a dissertation paper that I reply to people if it helps them um, just giving them long format feedback but I just I really like helping people I really like bringing value to people um uh if y'all can go follow uh Instagram at freedom and farmsteading one word that's uh the new branding that we're doing for Texas Joe's account Uh, we're trying to focus on getting people out to these events because they're just fucking life-changing and it's really cool having a real community um, and the purpose of these events is that you can walk away with any of the skills that we teach you, you can implement one of them into your life. And now you have a, a profitable money making, um, or time saving or energy saving system that you can add into your life when you leave any of our events. So uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, brother.
0: Of course, man. Likewise, always an absolute wealth of knowledge and information and a pleasure to chat to you, man. So any any time you want. Uh, Buckles and Mel might be bugging you about coming on the E-Militia and uh, will probably bug you about um, the Art and War podcast, which...
1: Yeah, they talked to me.
0: Three fucking podcasts. What what am I doing? Oh, well,
1: killer.
0: (laughs) They're doing my job for me.
1: Mitch and I have been chatting. He said, uh, it's time. And I said, great. Sign me up. I'm honored. That's really cool.
0: (laughs) Fuck yeah. All right. Well... Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out Pat and Unsets of Tactical and his new book, Bunker the wait,
1: wait, when's Thanksgiving? Is that the 24th? 25th. So it's in one, two, three and a half weeks. Awesome. All right.
0: Check out the book then and of listening.
1: listen